There are many, many examples from the word of God of people who had defining moments that caused them to experience something that was beyond their human experience, something that took them beyond uh, their, their, their paradigm of life, something that made them move and think outside the box. Take another character from the Old Testament, a guy called Joshua. Okay, He had many defining moments that eventually caused the whole nation of Israel to have a defining moment. In Exodus chapter 33, we get a hint of a defining moment for Joshua in verse 11. This verse tells us that when Moses left the tent of meeting, that is a place of God's presence, Joshua wouldn't leave the tent. He was spending some face time, and not in an Apple iPod kind of way. He was spending some face time with God there in the flesh, and it was changing his life. That was definitely a defining moment. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, when Moses chose Joshua to succeed him as the leader of the Israelites, the early Jewish nation, and take them into the promised land, that was a defining moment. When Joshua came to the, the Jordan River at flood stage once again, that came another defining moment for Joshua and the nation. His defining moments led the nation of Israel to their defining moments. When they stood on the banks of the River Jordan, they had a choice to follow God and cross the flooded river or stay put. This event defined them as a people who could trust God to provide a way when there seemed no way. As, as that water began to part and the people began to cross over into the promised land on dry ground, they had a defining moment. Then right after that, the people had another choice to make. As, as they stood outside the city of Jericho, a seemingly impossible task was set before them. It was the first city they had to conquer, and the people who occupied the city of Jericho were strong and well protected. And it was way beyond Joshua and his people's ability to penetrate the walls of this city, and yet they obeyed God. And they had a defining moment when they let God win the battle. Jericho's walls fell as the Israelites simply marched around the city a number of times and blew their horns, just as God had asked them to do. And look up the story for yourselves in Joshua chapter 6. Read it and discover. Another defining moment came after Joshua and the people of Israel when they suffered their first defeat against Ai. They'd had an outstanding victory at Jericho, and now... They had a defeat. And how would they react when they were defeated? Because this defeat would also define them. They'd made a bad choice. And they, they tried to defeat the city while depending upon their own resources instead of relying on God like they had done at Jericho. The very fact that they turned back to God after this defined them. And this is a really important point for us to know. And, and please write this down so that it sinks in. We're not defined by our defeats. We're defined by how we respond to them. We're not defined by our defeats. We're defined by how we respond to them. How we respond can make us conquerors or cowards. These are defining moments. In the book of Joshua, chapter 24, after all the fighting to take the land that God had promised them, the nation is faced with yet another defining moment. 
all the people are summoned together and Joshua challenges the whole nation to make a choice as to who are they going to serve. And I want you to listen as to how Joshua approaches this choice with Israel. He gives them a little history report and then he says to them, and I'm going to read for the New International Version so it'll be a little bit easier for you to follow in your Bibles. Let me read it from verse 14. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. Whereas for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. From this moment on, the nation of Israel is going to make a decision that would define them. Will they be a people that are going to serve God or a people that are going to serve themselves? Are they going to be a people that depend on God or are they going to depart from this dependent and dependable relationship? Will they walk by faith or will they walk by sight? Will they live as a covenant people in a pagan culture or will they succumb to the influence of evil all around them? This was a defining moment. And can I suggest that in our society today, we're faced with the same defining moment as this and it sounds pretty much the same. Are we going to allow Christ into our lives and reflect him and share him with others? Are we going to worship him and praise him and learn about him seven days a week or just one day a week? Are we even then going to let other priorities take precedence over meeting together? Or are we going to choose to celebrate together as his church, no matter what we have to move or what we have to lose? Are we going to put our stake in the ground and declare this far and no further to be influenced by secular opinions and activities? In other words, be in the service of other gods when God calls us to worship him and him alone and do so much more in pursuit of him. Ponder your answer to those questions. Because the people of Israel answered Joshua on that day. Here's what it says from verse 16. Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us in our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. Good answer, Israel. They were living in a day when they needed a defining moment. And we too are living in a time when we need a defining moment. We need to decide, are we going to stand secure in our position with Christ When we're faced with temptations and problems, are we going to choose to live as a saint, standing in God's grace? 
when other family members are driving us up the wall, when our kids are making us pull our hair out, when our parents are frustrating us, when we foul up, when we lose something precious to us, when we're not feeling well, when we're hurt, are we going to stand firm as a saint standing in God's grace? Paul, the same Paul from the road to Damascus, said in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 onwards, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. We are living in defining days. If you've not yet had a defining moment in your spiritual life, it might even be today. Defining moments usually come out of of one or more of three places. Number one, a defining moment might come out of pain. It could be physical pain, it could be emotional pain, but whichever It's a pain that causes you hurt. It's intense and it's deep. Anybody ever played that really stupid game where where you you get a candle and you light it, obviously, and and you put your hand over it and and you see how long you can keep the hand over the flame? Anybody ever played that, that stupid game? Well, me and John have, so we're owning up. Every boy has gone, I need to see how long I can keep my hand over it. You give a boy a candle and it'll be one of the first things he does. All right, so maybe, maybe it's just blokes, I don't know. Or you'll swish it through like that. See, see how slow you can do it. <laughs> as you hover over that flame, or as you get slower as you go through it, you can, you can feel the heat, can't you? And, and the closer you get to it, or the slower you get, the hotter it gets. And you've got a defining moment facing you. You can continue to move your hand closer to the flame, or you can stop. Because if you don't stop, you're going to get burned. And if you, if, if you stay there while you're burning, you're going to get a scar. And you're going to get a scar on your hand that lasts for the rest of your life. You leave a mark on your hand that will never let go. And that is a constant reminder of the choice that you made. The Apostle Peter from the Bible is a good example of someone who had a defining moment because of great emotional pain. He betrayed Jesus not just one time, but three times in one night. His heart was broken because he did something he thought he would never do. Scripture says that Peter wept bitterly because of his actions. He didn't just sob, he wept bitterly because of what he'd done. He was faced with a defining moment. Either he could give up and run away, or he could face the others and face Jesus. Now, Peter ultimately chose to stay and follow Christ. His passion and his defining moment worked out through his emotional pain. In fact, his loyalty and his steadfastness probably shaped from that night of fear and shame. And this is important. Jesus forgave him entirely. Wow. A defining moment, it's number two, a defining moment may come from a piercing truth. I mentioned this already, but it's worth repeating. The Apostle Paul's conversion to Christianity was based upon a piercing truth. And this piercing truth was revealed to to Paul, who I said, like I said, was called Saul of Tarsus. 
And it was this. Jesus, whom Paul saw was persecuting, was alive and well. Jesus revealed himself to Paul, turned his heart to God, and he became one of the greatest church builders in the history of the church. No person apart from Jesus has shaped the history of Christianity more than Paul, all because he was exposed to the astounding truth that Jesus is alive. Now I want an amen on that. Jesus is alive. Amen. The scales dropped from his eyes, seeing the world anew. And number three, a defining moment may come from an irresistible love for God. I've mentioned King David again. I'm going to talk about him again here. He had a deep, irresistible love for God. And even though he stumbled and he fell, he knew that God loved him. And when he asked for forgiveness, God would forgive him. And repeat that because I feel that's important for someone. God loves you. And no matter what you've done, he forgives you. You're his child. He wants to have a relationship with you. The reason that King David could ask for forgiveness was because of his love of God, love for God. He had hurt God, and when confronted with his sin, David's love for God caused him to repent. In other words, turn back from what he was doing and turn to God. All the examples that I've shared with you this morning, they've got something in common. From Joshua and the Israelites to David, and from David to Paul, their defining moment caused their life to be changed. Their life was heading in one direction. God touched their lives in some way, and then their life headed in a different direction. And if that's what a defining moment is, then some of us this morning may desperately need our own defining moment. We may need a defining moment in our health. We may need a defining moment in our marriage. We may need a defining moment in our finances. We may need a, to def, a defining moment to break the bondage of addiction. We may need a defining moment to break the stagnation or depression of our spiritual condition. I love defining moments. I love identifying those defining moments. And I think as we as, 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 as Freedom Church, as the family, we need to be able to recognize when we together have had a defining moment. And as a church in recent years, we've had at least, again, number three, it's always a good, a good amount, we've had three defining moments. Number one, the clear conviction from God that we were to once again put the building, Ashwood Centre, up in Headingley, up for sale. A defining moment ended by the miracle of actually selling the thing. Once again, it was a miracle that we sold it. I, I, I cannot press that enough. It was a miracle. Thank you, Jesus. And if it's a miracle, then clearly it's from God. Two. Clearly hearing from God where we needed to be based as a church community. And that's here in the east of the city. Number three, most recently God's prophetic message for us to change our name to Freedom Church and to focus on the mandate of Luke 4, verses 18 and 19. I'm going to finish my talk this morning by focusing on Jesus and some of his defining moments as they are also key to where we are as a church and some of the challenges that we've got ahead and some that we're facing right now. So please turn with me to Mark 1, from verse 9. Mark 1, from verse 9. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven 
being torn open and a spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. I'm with you. I am well pleased. At once the spirit sent him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and the angels attended him. Pull some things out of that. Number one, we know that we are a defining moment in our life when we feel that we must leave the safety of what we know to do to do what we are compelled to do. I'll read that again. We know that we are at a defining moment in our life when we feel that we must leave the safety of what we know to do to what we are compelled to do. Jesus had a defining moment that said, it is time to begin. He left the comfort of his mother's home And he began his public ministry. He was compelled to do what he needed to do. And there are times in our lives when we know that God wants us to do something. And then we have to make the decision to do it, no matter what. Number two, we know we're at a defining moment in our life when it is faith that dictates our decision, not logic. We know we're at a defining moment in our life when it is faith that dictates our decision rather than logic. Jesus was compelled to be baptized by John the baptizer. He didn't didn't need to be baptized by John. He's God, after all. His faith in God's plan took over, and logic took a back seat. Some folks may never have a defining moment in their life because they can't let faith control them. They won't let faith control them because it doesn't seem logical. But the Bible is full of stories that prove faith overcomes logic. And I encourage everyone, again, just to read your Bible. Find out about these stories. Read the scriptures daily. Soak it in and let the Holy Spirit do his work in you, Because as you do that, as you commit time to reading God's word, to then enabling the Holy Spirit to, to let you know what's going on as you read God's word, faith will grow larger and you'll be able to work things through in your life that seem odd, peculiar, out of step to others. But actually when you go ahead and do that, when you go ahead and make that decision, all becomes clear. As you, as you put your feet into the water and the water goes up to your ankles and then the waters begin to clear. People go, ah, yeah, that's what they were doing. But it takes faith to move you first, not logic. Because if you're looking out on those waters and they're not moving and you're getting closer and they're not moving and they're getting close until you start to put your feet in it and then they start to move. Faith overcoming logic. Number three, we know that we're at a defining moment in our life when our choices are about pleasing God and not about pleasing ourselves. We know we're at a defining moment in our life when our choices are about pleasing God and not about pleasing ourselves. Remember, Jesus didn't need to be baptized, yet he was compelled to do it. And why? Because he wanted to please the Father. What did God say to Jesus when he came up out of the water? You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. If we're doing things 
that bring more attention to ourselves than to God, then we're probably not experiencing a defining moment. We need to be pleasing God. Number four, we know when we're, that we're at a defining moment in our life and it seems that life just got harder when we were trying to do the right thing. Jesus was obedient to God. And what did that obedience do? It led him to the desert where he was, went 40 days without anything to eat. And then after 40 days, he was tempted by the enemy. Folks, it's not easy being obedient to God, is it? The Apostle Paul, come back to him again. He was shipwrecked, beaten, thrown in jail, left for dead. Because his defining moment led him to obedience to God. Number five. We know we're at a defining moment in our life when we can see God's hand of protection over us. Jesus, it says in in Mark 1 verse 13, Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and angels attended him. No food means no strength. And yet Jesus didn't worry because God was going to take care of him. Just as God protected the Israelites as they went into the promised land. God promises that he will protect us in the same way. Or God will provide for us in the same way. Here's a really small example, but it's defining. Myself and Kath, you know, um, the, the whole kind of tax credit system and child credit and all that's going to change in, the, in, in, in 2016, I believe. And by all accounts, myself and Kathy's uh, child tax credit tax credits and all that, it's going to just plummet. It's going to go from what we're, what we're getting now from the government to, to not very much at all. And for a few moments when we were chatting about that, we were worried and concerned. And then I went, but you know what, Kath? The tax man isn't our provider. God is. And whatever happens, we'll deal with it. And we'll work through it because we've got God on our side. So I, I don't care what the government's going to do, really. I do in one sense because there are lots of other things the government might do that I don't agree with. But in this particular instance, God is my provider. Something will happen. Something will work itself out. And our faith will grow stronger because of it. That's going to be a defining moment. So let me ask you the question. Have you had a defining moment lately? I think right now can be the moment that we tell God yes to some questions. And if you agree with these statements, I'm going to say right now, I want you to say yes, God, together. Okay? If you don't agree, don't say anything. But hopefully you'll agree, yes, God, together. I will do what you ask me to do. Yes, God. So some of us won't, that's fine. I will walk by faith and not by sight. Yes, God. I will please you rather than please myself. Yes, God. I am willing to take the harder road if it is in your will. Yes, God. And I will trust you even if what you ask me to do seems scary. Yes, God. Can we all just say yes, God? 
We're living in a time when we need a defining moment in our lives. A time in our lives that says, I will grow. I will change. I will serve him better. Because Joshua said this, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is your house. Freedom Church. You need to begin to think like that. This is your family. This is where you belong. Are we prepared to do them whatever it takes to serve this house, serve God, and see his kingdom come in this area and in our city? Are we prepared to do whatever it takes? In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone. And we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We are family. And in this house, that means we we love. love.